Okay, we're going to. We're getting ready to enjoy the rest of the service. Many of you know Mike Stone. He's been here before. Uh, shared our men's retreat last weekend, or uh, this past weekend, but he's been here, I think last year he was here at our men's retreat. So guys, give uh, Mike a, a warm welcome. I also want to introduce uh, Hallie, his wife. Would you just stand up, please? And Mike, his mother and sister, welcome. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? I tell you what, I just want to thank the wives for uh, sharing their husbands this weekend and allowing them to come out to the men's retreat. Um, it really was a blessing and um, for me, and I'm sure it was for them too, but a lot of you guys' as wives, you guys missed out if you didn't let your husbands go because all we talked about was how they need to help clean the house, <laughs> wash the dishes, happy wife, happy life. And so if you didn't let your husbands go, I'm sorry if you missed out on the fruit of that message that was preached. No, um, really what we talked about is being humble before the Lord, um, not despising the chastisement of the Lord, because that's how we know we're sons and children of God, and uh, taking no confidence within the flesh. There's a lot of voices in this world, all around us in your life, in society, but the voice that's in the wilderness today is the voice of God. It's in the wilderness. And not very many people hear it. Because we're too busy. We're too caught up. We're too focused on our jobs, on everything else, to where the voice of God is really put off and silenced within our lives. And definitely within our nation. So today... You know, one of our main themes this weekend was just really spending time before God. Because we're so quick. We come in here, man, you want a 30-minute sermon? Hey, I got family time. The game's on. We send up a two-minute prayer, and then we wonder why nothing changes. Because we don't spend time before God. We don't wrestle with God. Some of you guys are in here are struggling with a lot of things in your life. A lot of things. We all have something in our life to where we need to come before God and wrestle just like Jacob did. And he wrestled with God. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And so today in this service, I want you to let everything else go out of your mind for a moment. Everything else. Let the silence just fill your heart and fill your soul. And listen to what the word of the Lord has to say to each and every one of us. Because this is the word of God. And he has a different message to where he's trying to speak to every single person in here. Every single person. And so we're going to go into prayer for in a minute and uh, pray to God yourself. Don't listen to what I'm praying. Pray to God yourself and ask him to search your heart. Ask him to hear, Lord, you know, I don't want to just come to church and leave and go back to the same dead life and the same dead spirituality. Lord, I want to hear a message that you have for us, that you have for me, most importantly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you as your people. We are your people and you are the, the shepherd of this flock. Dear Lord, you love us more than we can ever imagine and that's why you've given us your word so that we may know you. Dear Heavenly Father, sometimes your word is hard for us to swallow. 
And sometimes the conviction, dear Lord, we don't like it. But we know it's because you love us that you bring it. And I pray, dear God, that we don't run away from it, but we come to it, Lord. And we allow you to speak in our hearts and in our lives today, dear Lord, so that we can just leave here changed. More in love with you, more on fire for you. So that we leave here seeking first the kingdom of God in a wicked generation. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a generation today, if you bring up the first scripture, Judges 21, 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's today. Everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. And there is no king. Jesus Christ is the king. Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is the king. But within our society, we don't want him. We don't want the king because we want to do what's right in our own eyes. As a society, we're trying to eliminate God. We're trying to do away with God. And many people say there is no God. If you go to the next scripture, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works, and there is no one who does good. See, we have this idea in our society to where if we get rid of God and we say there is no God, in my mind, if I can say that Christ isn't there, the Word of God isn't there, if I can remove all of that stuff, then I feel a little bit better because that means there will be no accountability at the end. And I can live however I want. And so it's easier as a society, instead of accepting Christ and realizing that one day we'll have to stand before him, we want to rid him out. We want to do away with him. And a lot of times we've done that in our own lives. Man, it's easier for me not to believe that than to believe that he is real. And then realizing that we're accountable for our actions. If you go to the next scripture... This is really where we're at today. But now, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, Haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. In the society where we live in, it's easier to become more of a lover of pleasure than it is a lover of God. Because we're in a society enriched in entertainment and it's all about us and how I feel. We have no self-control and then we blame it, this is just the way God made me. I was born this way, I can't control myself. I have to live this way, it's just who I am. And that's not true. But in a society, we have become more of lovers of our own pleasure than lovers of God. Go to the next scripture. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
Man, I tell you, you can go to a church on every corner that will preach some kind of message that will let you live the way you want to live. There's enough. Oh, I don't like that church. He's preaching too much truth. Man, he's preaching to me. I don't want to listen to that sound doctrine. I don't want to listen about repentance. I don't want to listen about humbling myself. I don't want to listen about my sin and that I need to confess and get right with Jesus Christ. I don't want to get that. It's too hard. It's easier for me to just, I want to go to that church where I can come in and I feel better about me. I feel better about my sin. I feel better about, you know what? I don't believe that scripture really says what it says. I want a teacher who's going to tell me that it's okay to be a homosexual Christian. It's okay to be a drunkard Christian. It's okay to live however you want. Because they'll no longer put up with sound doctrine. They no longer want to hear it. We have a society that does not want to hear the truth. They do not want to hear it. And so, you know what, since I don't really like this, you know, I think I'm going to start my own church. Man, we separate on some of the dumbest things. Oh, you know what, the people who come to church, they don't like this kind of praise and worship. So at 7 o'clock, I'm going to have a country praise and worship. At 8 o'clock, we'll have traditional. 9 o'clock, we'll bring out the hymns. 10 o'clock, we'll have the rock and roll. And then 11 o'clock, we'll have the rap. So everybody gets what they want. And we appease everybody. Instead of just coming to Christ humbled and worship. Just to worship God in spirit and in truth. Regardless of if there's a band or no band. Regardless of if it's my style or not my style. I come to worship God for who he is. I want to hear the truth. I don't want to hear a message that's going to coddle me. I don't want to hear a message that's going to tell me I'm doing okay while I'm going down the wrong road. And that's what we have today. Go to the next scripture. Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone has given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly by saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall, fall among those who fall. And at the time I punish them, they shall cast down, says the Lord. We want to gather around teachers and preachers who tell you peace, peace when you don't have peace in your life. When you're not right with God, I want to hear a message that says peace, peace, even though I'm living this way. And that's what the false prophets did. That's where the nation of Israel has gone off in this time of Scripture. And we can learn from history because over and over through the Old Testament, this is what it is. And behold, the voice in the wilderness cries out. God sends a prophet because he loves them so much that he doesn't want anyone to perish. That's why. He didn't send prophets just to kick you in the face and spit on you while you're down. No. It's because he loved you so much. That he's going to bring someone your way to speak the truth into your life, whether it hurts or not. Speak truth. It reminds me of the story in 1 Kings. I didn't put it up there. I was going to write out the entire story, but I got a lot of scripture here. And uh, I didn't want us to be here until midnight. But um, in 1 Kings, the king of Israel, he's trying to seek the word of the Lord. And all these other prophets were coming and just telling him really what he wanted to hear. And he's like, man, is there anyone left who hears from the word of God? 
Is there anyone left? And uh, I think it was uh, Jehoshaphat who says, yes, there is one man of God. And the king of Israel is like, oh, I hate that man. Ah, he never tells me nothing good. Every time I go to seek from the word of God, he never tells me anything I want to hear. And so, you know what he says, bring him in here. And so, basically, they go out to get this prophet, and they tell, the, they tell him, please, give the, give the king an encouraging word. Please, whatever you do, give him an encouraging word. And so he goes in there, and the king's like, what do you have to say? And so he goes in there, and he says the same thing as the other prophets. And he's like, man, I want you to tell me the truth, because everyone else told him the same thing. He's like, fine, you want the truth? Basically, he told him they were all going to perish. If they go into battle, he told them the truth that if they do this, they're all going to die. And they're going to be desolate. And that king was like, man, I told you we shouldn't have got him. I told you we shouldn't have sought from him. Because he didn't give me a word of encouragement. He didn't give me what I wanted to hear. He gave me what the people of Israel needed to hear. Go to the next scripture, please. This is a warning still. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to you. Woe to you who call evil good. Now we have a society that is like that. We call evil good. Abominations before the sight of God. Abortions. All of these things. I, I, don't, I don't care about what we feel. Trust me. Listen to me. I, I, I don't feel like everything in this scripture that I just love. Man, I love to do everything without complaining or murmuring. No, there's a lot of this scripture that my flesh hates. There's a lot in this word that I'm like, oh, but it's what I need to hear because it's right. It's right before God. Some people, man, we don't want to hear the truth. Everyone deserves to get married. Everyone deserves this. Everyone deserves to live however they want within this society, and do whatever you want. We call evil good and good evil. Now if you're a Christian and you stand up on the Word of God and you stand up for truth, you're hateful. You're a bigot. How dare you? And within our own lives, we feel the same way. And so it's easier instead of seeing that truth and coming to the Lord, it's easier to try to turn away. But us as Christians, we need to preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the truth. Go to the next scripture, please. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and teaching. Preach the word. 
Where I'm about to go is so many times, and we'll talk about this, we're supposed to be soldiers of Christ. And man, this is a, a part of this sermon where God done beat me over the head. I tell you, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's not up to my personal interpretation. It's for what it says. But you see, be ready in season and out of season. Preach the word, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering. Long-suffering. Preach the word. And we're going to go into this with the next scripture. And we're going to take some time. Because preaching the word, he's talking about preaching the gospel of Christ. Preach the gospel. I am probably the most, you know, I am one of the most red-blooded Americans in here. I guarantee it. I'm all about the Second Amendment, my right to bear arms, and the Constitution. But I'll tell you, that is not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And so many times we get caught up in preaching that belief or our view and not the gospel. And we divide ourselves and we segregate ourselves. I can't stand the liberals. Oh, oh they're going to be the death of this country. Or vice versa, I can't stand the Republicans. Man, I tell you, did you know Jesus is not American? Did you know that? Did you know he's not a Republican or a Democrat? That's hard for us. I tell you, it was hard for me when I found out. Because I was like, What? This country was founded on godly principles. It was founded on it. It was founded on the word of God. So is government. Government and politics were actually founded by the word of God. If you look in the Bible, you know, all through, you know, Deuteronomy, God has set up laws, rules. The government he set up in Romans 13, it talks about what the government is even here for. To be able to be used as an executing hand of God to execute judgment and justice. But what happens when we have a political system or in a country to where they are no longer hearing from God and they separate God. In fact, they destroy him here and they put him out. It's no longer of God. Is that correct? And that's hard. That's really hard. And I'm not trying to say not to stand up for biblical principles, people. But what happens is, so many times, we forget what fight we're in. And I am so, so guilty of this. I forget what fight I'm in. And I start fighting things of the world, like battles of my own views, and I start, hey, no, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. Next thing you know, you start disputing and quarreling, and the love of Jesus is no more in that conversation, Right? I'm going to take time for this next thing. We're going to read through the entire chapter of Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God is calling out to you guys. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The word of God is breathed, and it's an inspiration from God. And the devil has tried to come in and twist Scripture. He's tried to come in, and he's trying to ruin doctrine. He's tried to come in and say, well, really, if you, don't, if you take that back to this 
text and then this text and then this text. Really, back in this time, it really doesn't say those words. Did God really say that? He's been using the same tactic in the garden that he uses in our lives today. When God gives you a word and you're like, man. And then the enemy comes in. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? And then we start to want to twist that scripture. I'm telling you right now, there are so many winds of doctrine, people. Where Paul was crying out to Timothy when he wrote this letter. And I believe God is crying out to us. Be strong. Be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the word of God. Be strong in the truth. And the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember who enlisted you. Remember your main purpose here on this earth, and it's hard. We get tangled in a lot of affairs of the life, forgetting that our main purpose here is to preach the word of God and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our main purpose as Christians. God has called some people into politics. I know he didn't call me, but sometimes I thought he did. But he did. God has raised godly men up like Daniel to be within wicked administrations, but Daniel never compromised. He was a man of God. He never went, you know, he never bought, sold out. They said, don't pray. Daniel was praying. He didn't even hide himself. He did it the way he always did, and he suffered persecution. And we'll talk about that. They threw him in a lion's pen. They threw him in the lion's den. But people, we're soldiers. And as a soldier, literally, as my full-time job, it's easy for me to get that because, you know, sometimes people come in, what do you feel about this? Well, I'm not supposed to really speak of that. I'm enlisted from him, so I just need to I do my job. And as soldiers of Christ... Keep our eyes fixed and focused on the kingdom. Let's preach the gospel. Because there's a lost and dying world that need to hear the gospel. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Hallelujah. The word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Whew. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Amen. Next slide, please. Remind them of these things. Remind them of these things, Timothy. Remind them to hold these things true, Timothy, because so many winds of doctrine are coming in. So many things is trying to pull you away from Christ. Remind them, like Pastor is saying, 
Peter was saying, it doesn't bother me to continue to remind you of these things. Stir yourself up. Remember why we're here. We need to be reminded because it's so easy in America to be distracted. It's so easy here to get off task. And we start going this way, and man, we end up way lost. That's why we have to be reminded of these things. Charging them before the Lord not to strive about with words of no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent, folks. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and, that, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus, if I messed that up, I'm sorry, are of the sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying things that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. The Lord knows those who are his. Many people, and this is why I'm preaching this message to you folks, because I see Christians all the time. You know, it's okay to be homosexual. No, it's okay to do this. It's okay to live in sin. It's okay to live with my girlfriend and have premarital sex. It's okay to do these things. I see so many people getting swayed, and they call themselves believers, getting pulled away from the truth of Christ, believing the lie. Believing a lie. And he says, let all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Depart from that life, folks. It is so easy because we start feeling, well, maybe they do deserve to be happy. Everyone in their sin. Sin has its happiness for a small season. But it's a price for eternity. Whatever it is in your life, if you're struggling with it, it ain't worth your eternity. Man, I'll tell you, no one told me sin was fun. But then I started sinning, getting drunk, going out and partying. And I'm like, man, this was fun. If it wasn't fun, everybody wouldn't do it. But just because it's fun and everyone else in the world's doing it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. So cast it off. Next scripture, please. But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they only generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. That was hard for me. But to be, this is really hard for me, to be gentle to all. Gentle to all. All. Not just our friends, our party, the political party, this thing. All. You mean I got to be gentle to all? That's hard for me. I'm very militant. I'm telling you. 
When I, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was like, boom, 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 boom. And then God was like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, okay, 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 got it. Okay, I got it. Be gentle to all. Able to teach. Patient. In humility. In humility. Correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. So that they may know the truth. And that they may come to their senses. And escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. I think we forget that we're dealing with souls. We forget that these people are blind. We forget that we're dealing with people's eternities here. And we can become very calloused. How many of you have ever been hurt by people in a church before? We know that. That's why it's so important to be humble. It's so important to be gentle and able to teach. What is the motive behind why we share the truth as Christians? Why? Why? To bring him into the kingdom. Do we preach the truth to get a, a point across? Do I preach the truth to say, this is what the word says, you're wrong. I've done that. And you get all excited like, yeah. Won that one. The next thing you know, you might have just poof, shoved them away. Because the heart in which why we preach the truth and how we preach the truth needs to be in a pure humility with gentleness. I was telling the men this at, at retreat. No confidence in the flesh. We are, you are no better than a homosexual. You are no better than a drunkard. You are no better than the liar. No better than the thief. No better than the murderer. As Christians, you're just better off. Does that make sense? But then within our own self-righteousness, God starts to clean us up. God starts to purify us. And then we're like, oh man, I'm doing pretty good. Not realizing that it was God who saved you. God who cleansed you. And God brought you to where you are today. He'll continue the work. He'll finish the work. And he'll keep you blameless to, to, while you stand before the throne of God. God will do that work. Not us. Amen. I'll tell you, when I came to Christ, my mother's the most godly person I've ever met in my entire life. And I was lost. She raised us in the truth. And some of you guys have raised your kids in the truth. Some of you have raised your family in the truth. And they were off. They go off the deep end. And you as parents are sitting here like, what have I done wrong? If you raised your kids in the truth, you did nothing wrong. We have a free choice. And I use my free choice to do a lot of disgusting, nasty things. And I consider myself like Paul, one of the worst sinners. I was one of the worst. But it was her love. Her everlasting love, no matter when I was a stripper, a dancer, a drug dealer, any of it, it was her love that compelled me. She never condoned my sin ever in my life. She never said it's okay to live that way. And I knew better to ask her for the truth like the prophet. I knew better because I knew she wasn't going to say what I wanted her to say. But she loved me enough. She was gentle enough. And because of that, 
I came to Christ and he cleansed me. No one, God, didn't come, she didn't come up to me and say, you know, son, I've been evaluating your life. Oh, adultery, lying, drunkenness, pride, pride of life, lust. And these are all the things you need to get right before you come to Christ. She never did that to me. The Holy Spirit broke me. The Holy Spirit convicted me. She stood on the word of truth always. Preached the word of truth always. Condoned sin never. Never. And it's because of the prayers of the righteous. The prayers of the righteous to where I am at, where I'm at today. Don't forget that. I need to not forget that. So many times, man, we want to clean fish before we catch fish. God has called us to be fishermen of men. How many of you guys have ever been fishing? Did you ever clean a fish on the line before it got in the boat? Ever. How much sense does that make? It doesn't. But if someone is truly caught by the word of God, if someone is truly in love with Jesus, if they are truly broken and they see what Christ has done for them and taken them out of a sea of bondage, a sea of destruction, a sea of hell, when the love of Christ has compelled them and they get on that boat, they love Christ so much they realize, man, I don't deserve any of this. God, you pulled me out of this. God, you pulled me out of that. Day after day, you've poured out this grace upon me, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. And when the Holy Spirit comes to convict, they're like, man, Lord, you know what? None of this stuff is worth losing you. None of this sin in my life is worth losing you. And it's the love of Christ that will compel you. It's the love of Christ that keeps you going. So many times men come to church and you just clean yourself up. Your heart's just as wicked. But we just clean up our big outer things. Well, if I can stop cursing and doing this thing, then people will think I'm better. But my heart's just as wicked. I truly haven't met Jesus. I just come and get cleaned up a little bit. God doesn't want to just clean you up a little bit. He wants to change the very nature that's inside of you. He wants to change the very heart that is inside of you. He wants to purify you and create for him people, a people that is zealous for him and hungry for him and that's in love with him. I will tell you this. Go to the next scripture, please. Be ready for this. Yes, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will suffer persecution. None of you can escape this. All who desire to live a godly life will suffer persecution. You could be the most loving, kind-hearted, sweetest person in the world and when you know you have to preach the truth even in love and you give it to them in the most humble you could have the most sweet you could come like this read for yourself Ooh, they do not like it the world will not like it you will suffer persecution if you are a christian 
and you're living your life for God and you're preaching the word of God, if you say something out of love because you love someone so much, you don't want them to perish. God loves, it's not anything else but God's kindness that brings us to repentance. And because we love the law so much, I love you. It's the love of Christ that compels me to tell you this. Paul had such a love and compassion in us. We were Pastor read a song, and I mean, if it wasn't us, I don't even know the song, but if we could pull that up, I'd like to read that song that you read to us as men about the hard hearts and how our eyes don't cry because so many times we get so calloused, so many times we get so hard-hearted to the world. Paul says, Paul's compassion was so much for the lost, so much for his people. He says, I wish I can be accursed myself so that you could come to God, so that Israel could come to God and know the truth. Think about that. I'm not there yet. Do you love the world and the law so much? You're like, man, I will spend eternity in hell if you could get it. Are you there yet? I'm not. But as parents, some of the men we're talking about as parents, I've seen a man cry this weekend for his daughter. Cry. And he's like, man, God, give me her pain so she doesn't have to have pain. And that broke me because that's what it is. That's what it means to have that kind of compassion. That's what it means to have that kind of love. He loves his daughter so much he'll take on the pain. He'll take on the hurt. He'll take on whatever he has to take for his daughter to be set free. And that's what Christ did for every single one of you. For every single one of you, no matter how lost in sin you are, Christ took it all for you. All. Because he loves you. And that's the kind of hurt and the, lo- and the compassion we have that we need for the lost. Is it's God has done so much for you. I love you so much. This is the word of God. Please listen to me. And you might get persecuted. But here's encouragement, folks. This is encouragement. This was the, the, the song that Pastor brought up. Oh, man, he read this because it's so true. We become so calloused. My eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be alive in you and dead to me. Oh, what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is your spirit of love. Please wash me anew in the wine of your blood. When we first come to Christ, does everybody remember the first time they came to Christ? They were floating, heartless, free, soft. Jesus, save me, man. You're telling everybody about the gospel. You were so excited. Because Christ did something for you that you can't do yourself and nobody else can do. He washed you and cleansed you and freed you from all that stuff. You couldn't help but to go tell the gospel. You couldn't help but go tell somebody. You were flying on cloud nine. And then we start serving the Lord for a little bit. God starts cleaning us up a little bit. And then we get, what's wrong with that guy? Lost. Lost. Our heart gets cold. We no longer shed tears. Even in the presence of God, it's hard for us to even shed tears because we're so callous because we've been serving him for so long. What a miserable, pitiful thing for us to be in. And that's where that song is saying, break me, oh God, give me your compassion. Break me, oh Lord, give me compassion for your people. I was in, I just got back from Afghanistan. I was in Fort Lewis and I was sitting at my desk and 
these guys next to me were talking about the women they hooked up with and their night and getting drunk. And I'm sitting there like, I can't believe these guys. It's disgusting. I cannot believe that. And I mean, if it wasn't the Holy Spirit that knocked me upside my head that said, you were there a year ago. That was you. Sometimes we forget that and we need a reminded of that. What Christ has brought us through. What Christ has delivered us from. And we need to share that same love and deliverance of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all in a gentle and humble way. Amen? Here's the encouragement for the persecution. If you can go to the next scripture, please. Man, if this ain't the most encouraging thing you've ever heard in this race. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all those who loved his appearing. Who? Let me tell you, you all have a work to do. You all have a ministry that you need to be fulfilled, and that needs to be fulfilled in your own life. Not everyone's called to be preachers. Not everyone's called to be teachers. Not everyone's called... Um, to do everyone else's ministries. But this is what makes up the church and this is what makes it so effective is that we're all called to ministry. All of us. And we need to fulfill that ministry. God has a purpose for your life and a plan for your life. I was talking to the guys this weekend and I noticed when I start getting a little edgy with my wife or I start getting a little edgy with people at work, I start getting a little edgy with anybody and I notice that the, star, the love of Christ isn't there, it's because this love right here isn't there. It's not right. See, the issue is, folks, before you can ever love your wife like you're supposed to, before you ever love your husband like you're supposed to, before you ever love your kids like you're supposed to, and before you ever love the world like you're supposed to, this right here has to be right. And you have to be filled so much of the Holy Spirit and so much of His Spirit to where it literally pours out and over your life into the lives of others. Paul says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. Being poured out. We need to pour out our lives. But this has to be right first. This has to be right first. Look at the hope that we have. There is laid up a crown of righteousness to all who's a loved appearance. If the worship team will come up here, I want you guys, no matter where you're at, wherever this message has hit you, whether you're lost, whether you know, you, you know you're not right in the right place, whether you're hardened, whether we've allowed things to separate us and separate us from the love of Christ and the way we have towards others, whatever it is, wherever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, listen, listen to this, please. 
Please listen to this because the enemy will come in and he wants to steal this. He wants to come in and he wants to steal and destroy. Wherever the Lord and wherever the word of the Lord hit you, don't take the conviction of what God's done in your life and run from it and hide in the garden of Eden like Adam and Eve did. Don't hide. Come to the light. He's convicted you because he loves you so much as a son and a child to where he wants you to experience freedom and be a partaker of his holiness. He loves you so much to where if you can get trained by his conviction, if you allow his conviction to work in your life, you will bring forth fruits of righteousness in your life. And the Holy Spirit will fill you to where you can fill others for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for your word that it's not our words. We thank you that no human man could write these scriptures. No human love can ever compare to the love that you had for us and the things that you've done for us and the compassion that you've had on our hearts and on our lives. Lord, teach us to be grounded in the truth. Let your words sink in so deep, so deep that nothing in this life will shake us. No wind of doctrine will move us, Lord God, but we will be planted on the word of God that will preach your word in season and out of season, but with all gentleness and humility, able to correct and rebuke, Lord God, in hopes that your kindness will lead men to repentance. Because that's what it is. Father, forgive us if we've fallen short. Forgive us if we've allowed the voices of life to get us so busy where we haven't heard your voice. Let this time be a time of repentance where we come back to you, Father, not hiding, but coming freely, realizing that you love us so much, you'll cleanse us and you'll forgive us of that. If we confess our sins, you are just and faithful to forgive us of all of our sins, Lord God. Let us just turn from that, Lord, and we surrender our lives to you. Work in all of our hearts and all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we leave, if you guys want to leave, that's fine. But I, I really feel like we should just, like we did this weekend, enjoy God's presence. If you got somewhere to go, fine. That's not an issue. But allow the worship team to just worship and allow us to spend time in the presence of God. If God's working in your heart, look, it don't take two minutes to clean a car, right? But sometimes we think it takes only two minutes for us to cry before God. God will forgive you like that, but allow God to really work deep. And let's just worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen.